Hi, Jeremy. Hello, Raphael. Hey. Hey. What's up? It's the Good Point Podcast. With Raphael Rosendell and Jeremy Bailey. Two people you've never heard of. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry if you guys tuned out already. What's Um, (laughs) what's up? Because the lame intro. No, um... Uh, this this is a very important topic I've been wanting to talk about with you, and that is when you use iMessage on the iPhone. Mm-hmm. Uh, why does it always make the swish sound after every sent message and receive, even if you have the app active? I don't understand. Well, you turn your sound off. No, no, no one on this planet keeps their phone sound on. I've never heard. <laughs> I do. Uh, I mean, like maybe um, like a, a father or mother in their sixties, not to be ageist. But I, but like, I only get a, a text message once every three days. So. Mm. And then when that yeah. bing goes off, you're just like a kid in a cancer. Ding! And you're just yeah, running yeah. after the phone. Oh my god, someone like, cares about. Oh my me. god, someone's interested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so that so then uh, that's not a topic of discussion. That's today's you. topic. <laughs> Raphael. Yeah, it's a swish sound. I just I, I I know that they care about details. I just don't know what the function is of the the swish sound when you're sending the message every chat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I think yeah, I think it it doesn't make sense because it, the function should be to alert you that uh, you have a new message. But if you, the yeah, if the message exactly. window is active, then of course you can use your eyes. Wait, um, I'm going to send you a message just uh, so people can. Well, hear I've the got sound. everything turned off right now. Yeah, but like my I, sound. Well, you want me to send? Oh. No, no, I'm saying every time I send you a message. That's the like. Why would right. I have to have a sound that I'm sending you a message? So the, it's called feedback. It's so that you know it worked. Like in in design, yeah, they have this I idea. Guess. But but of in, like, but most things you could turn off. You can turn off a lot of sounds, but you can't turn off that sound. Well, I mean, you can't turn sounds off manually. You can turn all sounds you, off, no, or you can no, no, no. You could turn off uh, notifications, notifications for different apps. So you can say, I want actually. I want sound for my messages, but no sound for my email. And Apple recently redesigned, or the next release has a whole new like notifications design. Actually, so get ready. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> get ready yeah. for that. Being yeah. notified of things was a big breakthrough. Don't forget, um, just in general. Yeah, like and the, te- and, the, the technology. and the other issue, the other issue I have with the iPhone is when you make a calendar appointment uh, or a timer. Where are you going with this? No, I, I'm I'm very unprepared. <laughs> it's it's when you make a calendar appointment, the slider is with five minute increments. Yeah, but if you set an alarm, let me check. Yeah, then you, just... you can set an alarm for like I want to wake up at seven thirty four, not seven thirty five. So you have to so scroll is, through all this. Why is calendar on fifteens and timers on individual? Yeah, minutes? yeah, it's a mystery. Yeah, I'm sure, I mean, I, I'm sure there are listeners who uh, have thought about this. So if, if no, you I've have thought any about ideas, I've uh, thought about it because I design, help design a, a time tracking application um, <laughs> for freelancers, right? Yeah, and yeah, and then you have to decide what increments. Right, here's what I can tell you: it's like it's really hard because everyone t- kind of does things differently. Time, it's so funny. I always laugh about it at work. This is like, exactly why I like doing this podcast with you. So, <laughs> you you do take these topics seriously. Yeah. yeah, like I have some insight around this. Um, so most people, like when they think about time, they think about it within 
um, actually not within a day. They think about it on a weekly span. This is according to our own research at FreshBooks. So when they think about what did you do this, what did you work on? They think about it. Well, what did I work on this week? Thinking about what I worked on today is also something that people do. Thinking what I uh, about what I'm working on right now is only like less than a third of people are like interested in tracking what they're doing right now and keeping tabs on how they're spending their time. And then there's a there's a group of people that frankly I'm just going to bias towards something we don't have the in the application that everyone wants with, that really just want like to see everything as a, a calendar like a month and you know they change their behavior all the time and, and and they they but they basically just want to put in like oh it was eight hours on Friday two hours on next, you know last Saturday da 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 um, they, I know they that count doesn't in hours yeah yeah exactly like really like so it goes there's people that want to do I guess the point I'm trying to make is there are people that want to track time by the minute or even the second actually like lawyers they want to like and they want to be switching between <laughs> uh, calls at, like so we have to deal with every those people. second and then, is 30 bucks and then there's someone and then there's everything in between all the way up to people that are like yeah you know the month it'll just work itself out I'll go there it's <laughs> like it's, uh, it's okay whatever um, you know, to the so hour. So when you're designing an interface f for the general for a lot of different people, yeah, that's a it's a big challenge um, to do it right so that you don't alienate one group versus another. So I mean, I always propose like you design for the extremes. So sounds like you're an extreme user because you have very specific needs, and then you can work back from there to simplify it for everyone else. But um, yeah. it's it's tough. It's uh, every time well, you think that the software companies have it easy. It, like if they're trying to appeal to everyone, it's really hard. I know, and every time there's a any company makes a change to software, half the internet cries and and half the internet is silent. So the the people who are, are happy are silent. Yeah, that's and right. The people who are upset are loud. Yep. I mean, I've been living that life for about two years uh, after the relaunch and redesign of uh, the like our main product. Uh, I've been inundated every week with like complaints about the old one was so much better even though <laughs> it's but very then, funny <laughs> I, i've seen comments on a redesign of TechCrunch, the, the blog and someone says it feels like someone is pouring bleach into my eyes <laughs> 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 just because they changed their logo <laughs> uh yeah people hate change that said yeah, but then also I, then people, I ran into uh, when you don't change people are like you guys are not innovating anymore. Oh, yeah. I was getting complaints every week before we changed from people <laughs> that now when I meet in public, like, oh, I love the new redesign. But they didn't say that. They don't say that publicly on Twitter. That would be kind of free advertising. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And, so uh, haters yeah. allowed it. Yeah. Like there's even one feature in our app where it's like it at the top. I thought it was really important that like when you land in our dashboard, there's like sort of some something that like helps you take in uh, the day, the information that you're doing finances, you're going to be depressed. So there's like different quotes, including stuff from like Seinfeld to make you laugh. And <laughs> I'm every, like when we first released this feature, the new redesign, I kept getting the, like people from our, even our customer service team was like, oh my God, the design team has lost it. This is the most ridiculous thing. What unprofessional software. <laughs> and then they'd, they'd send me emails like on a campaign, like, look, this person hates it. They think we're stupid. And now every week I'll look on Twitter and there'll usually be like tons of people just being like, oh, what a delightful surprise. Oh, I laughed out loud when I saw that Larry I, David quote or something. You know? are, are you guys allowed to track user behavior for debugging and, and to see, oh, people are ignoring the top left, so we shouldn't put stuff there or whatever. Like, it, it, you know, when you use Google Analytics in a website, yeah. uh, you can actually see a visual map of 
where yeah. people are. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Are you allowed yeah. to do that with apps, or is there privacy? Yeah, issue? yeah. We have uh, we can like see like anonymously how people have moved around the application, and like you can like simulate almost like a DVR what people have done. Yeah, yeah. But it yeah, blocks yeah. out like private information. Um, Remember how how difficult uh, VCRs were. It works like that. It's like a DVR. It records the DOM. Um, yeah, yeah. So like but remember passed. when people had to program a VCR to record a sitcom all episodes of the week? And you, <laughs> yeah, you, that was like a, a common common joke, like the impossible. You know. Yeah, uh, like yeah, we could send a man to the moon, but no one can program the VCR. Yeah, I mean, I remember how those interfaces worked because you, first you had to swing down a little panel. There'd be like a little door that you had to open, like, and then behind well, we, that door, we had one with a with a remote that would scan uh, the barcodes in the TV guide, and it would record that. That sounds like a like a very short term <laughs> problem. <Yeah. laughs> it was like between ninety two and ninety four. Yeah. Well, it's so funny actually because I was just I don't know what the topic today is, but I was just like our, my car broke down last night. Kristen was driving home from Chicago. I was flying home from Chicago. One block from her house, the car breaks down. Like it's like breaking down now every month. So she's like, when Maybe I when I need- visualize a break a car that breaks down, I see like a cartoon car with eyes and a mustache and it's kind of old with a cigar yeah that's what we drive and then it just falls (laughs) flat and it breaks in four pieces yeah there's like fluid on the ground it was smoking i was like "Mm." anyway um so she was like maybe we need a new car and i was like ah i don't know but i like uh i I, you know i (laughs) want i really want to buy things for himself well, I really, A, it's a lot of money, and B, I said I would never buy a car until there was an electric option. So I was just like looking at, um, I was looking at like Tesla's wait times for the Model 3. <laughs> it's like, it's still like, if you want, it's like six to nine months, you have to wait, <laughs> wait oh. for this thing. But then there's like a Chevy Bolt, uh, not Volt. They came up with this car called the Chevy Bolt. And it's Why like, don't you rent a car for a year? It would be very expensive. It would be way more expensive. Like leasing? Is that what they call it? Yeah, you it? could lease. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, what's interesting is this Bolt is like actually at the same or even above in certain areas, the performance level of this of the Tesla, but no one's buying it. Chevy actually had to stop manufacturing this car. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, anyways, so- I was... I was watching reviews of it and they were they were like, why is this car uncool? And they started to go through the interface and they're like, look, the volume only goes goes from 12 to 34, why, not zero to 10. <laughs> like they had all of these. Like, <laughs> the, they, like well, there's the, all, the, there's the like thousands of settings. Yeah. The main marketing for the Tesla is it's the iPhone of cars. And then everybody's like, okay, I get it. This is what, this is the thing. But the guy was saying in this review is like, it's just that the Tesla is cool and chevy is like uncool well the people the people i've spoken who who drive a tesla say yeah it's way better than any other car but i'm not an expert uh, i don't drive so i I, sure i don't have anything to add but but you could have um, a you could have a chevrolet bolt today and get like the same mileage the same speed it's it's like everything the same and you could have you could own it today don't have to wait nine months yeah they they can they compare an electric vehicle and a combustion engine to the di- difference between a hard drive and SSD, where you used to have, like, if your computer was searching for files, it was this sound. <laughs> and now it just finds it, you know? I guess the point I'm trying to make is that, like, you know, with interfaces, it's the same way, like, where you're willing to tolerate or even almost, like, not see reality if you think, if you believe in the, co- the company is cool. 
like I do this with Apple products all the time, right? Well, I'll be like, this product is superior because it's it's simple and that's the way it's supposed to be. Don't you get it, Raphael? Well, <laughs> really? I, I, I don't know. Like, So you're saying you've been indoctrinated and you forgive well, them get, for things you wouldn't forgive other brands for. Yeah, well, I'll give you an example. Like the Apple keyboard on the new MacBook Pro, when I got it, I was like, wow, it's so thin, so awesome. <laughs> It's like easier to press the key. The key actually keys actually get jammed. Apple ignored this problem for like a good you know year or two, and now they're accepting like they'll repair any keyboard because you can't you couldn't even type on it. Like the keyboard, <laughs> certain keys do get like yeah, but they, Apple computers depressed. are not made for typing. They like to, they're for lifestyle bloggers. <laughs> just short captions. <laughs> exactly. You think that the keyboard that's that's like the <laughs> wheels on your car. Uh, that's the one thing you got to get right. <laughs> I'm sure they they're like reading all this uh, these rumors about the keyboard's not working. It's like, my God, do people type? But the point I'm trying to make is that you're willing to forgive these discrepancies because I, you believe so know. much I, in the company. I, if I see my parents, they were on PC for a long time, and their computer mm -hmm. was at the point of really not <laughs> uh, booting anymore, always within two years. So it would work okay for half a year. Then it would be a year of problems, and at some point, it's just the uh, same as your car. It's just, ugh. and then now my mom and uh, they both have a MacBook Air, and it's been running fine for, f you know, because if you're you're your parents' tech support, right? So yeah. as soon as they got on Mac, I didn't have to do anything anymore, and it's been running fine for five years. So um, I know Apple has its problems, but uh, to me, Windows was okay. always a machine for experts. So you're saying that probably if I tried this, um, uh, this well, this get Chevrolet. a Dell, see how you feel. Well, I'm just talking about like outside of computers, cars, everything. Well, the Chevrolet is probably like a Dell, whereas, mm -hmm. dude, should have got a Dell. Dude, <laughs> should have got a Dell. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Do you but remember I, that I, I, yeah, I I always listen to uh, The Verge and Recode and other of these uh, rumor sites, and now a lot of the themes are this. These big conglomerates and the purchase of, uh, what is it, Time Warner and mm -hmm. AOL bought Time Warner. That didn't work out and then they split off. And now Time Warner and uh, what's the, what did they want to buy? Time Warner AT &T and AT&T. It's merged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. AT&T bought yeah. Time Warner. It's all like all yeah. the, the the data, all the pipeline companies like the. the yeah. So the, the pipeline companies want to turn your phone into a TV and feed you mm -hmm. ads and target and blah, blah. And then. And so now Apple wants to do original content, and then mm -hmm. people are complaining that Apple should update their MacBooks instead of making TV shows with Oprah. <laughs> yeah, but they, I mean, I think everyone just sees this as like what's necessary to compete in this sort of mega corp. Yeah, uh, but that's world. maybe what I, what I wanted to talk to you about is mm -hmm. as my, you're my corporate influencer. I mean, this has happened in the past too, where like different news agencies have gotten together. I thought that, you know, the good point you're going to try and make is that like, um, you know, what does this have to do with your calendar? <laughs> and like, it's that the, you stop paying attention to the smaller details. You're trying, like, you get into these macroeconomics. It's like we have to move the whole entertainment industry. We can't pay attention to how you set the time in, in on our calendar application. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, you imagine. I do like, often feel that computers are at a point where they're good enough for almost anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but they're not. No, like uh, you, you're always on the edge of with 3D. Yeah? Um, what I'm saying is that like a lot of, a lot of what we you would like Steve Jobs would have been on stage talking to you about how the calculator works 
in on the iPhone. But you're not going to see like anyone on stage talking about the little finer interface details anymore. They're going to talk to you about the broader categorical shifts. A lot of people oh, actually... Yeah. Or they're like, indi- oh, we, we got Drake or we got you too. And then, uh, yeah, well, th- the sad truth behind the scenes, like I think on some design teams, is a lot of design... Um, th- from an interface standpoint, it feels like we figured it out, right? Like, um, yeah, that's we figured what I mean. Out mo- yeah. I was Did with a friend, friend this weekend in Chicago, and he he was, uh, you know, one of the first people to blog and, and make websites that I ever knew when I was like 15 or 16, so in the mid 90s. And he was like, I was like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, you know, I you know I was doing website stuff, but I opened a gallery space, and I was like, and he's he made this point. He said, like, you know what? It's a solved problem. The web is a solved problem. <laughs> he was yeah, like, like Wikipedia web- is the best site and just copy yeah. that. He's like, it's all figured out. Like we figured out, we even figured it out for mobile. Like there's nothing there left. There's nothing left to do. There's no work. You can buy a template. There's like thousands of them. There's no <laughs> template that can't suit your needs. Um, and he's like, so I'm not doing that anymore. And, and you know, I was like, you know what? He's right. Well, like, the, you, you could say that it, um, it's, it's a, uh, things like the web has gotten so complicated that you have to leave it to the pros, and that, uh, then you get stuff like Squarespace, where it's just so expensive to v- develop a, a website now that they'll think about all the necessary mm. updates. I mean, what I do is I'll go to Theme Forest, which is like <laughs> just like this repository of themes. I'll find a theme that I kind of like, and then I'll buy it, and then I'll I'll modify it or I'll edit it um, because it's like yeah, the work. Yeah. What? It's like it's like buying but a home. That's hard to or, or, sell as a web designer. Yeah, no, you're not going to sell it as a web designer, and that's like two hundred dollars. Like a web designer can't. Now that said, I just hired a web designer because like I was like, you know what? I'm going to hire a web designer and developer for this project in Chicago, my lean artist stuff, and it'll just be it'll be done. And it was fantastic, actually. I was like, oh, can we change that? Yeah, of course we could change that. Oh, I want to mm. do this. Oh, yeah, I can do that. No problem. And do, <laughs> so and do you think like, for the project? Uh, how many people see it through Instagram and how many see it through the that website? Uh, like uh, the yeah. So the uh, my thesis. I don't want to go into talking about me and my my work, but like for this work that I was doing in Chicago is like that. No no work of art exists in any one um, kind of place. No no one website. No one event. No one sculpture. I guess Apple is the same. Yeah. They everything exists, exists in, as a like sort of a network. What kind of, of company is it? Is it a TV company? Is it a phone <laughs> yeah. company? Is it a speaker that's company? That's true. Yeah, like and so and for me that's a performance um, ideal or practice, right? Like that any performance that I would ever do should exist as an experience that you would have across, you know, because this is what user experience design is, right? It's like you never think of just the user in the interface. You think of their whole lives. The classic example is the Snow White example I always take from Airbnb, where the guest, you know, experience is everything from reserving to arriving to like, you know, leaving to the surrounding city. Like it's not just it's not the it's not the reservation, it's the whole vacation experience or whatever. But that mm-hmm. that that attitude is like part of how people think about you uh, user interface design or UX design actually product design, which is now what people are, you know, kind of say uh, is more contemporary, or at least that's what my designers claim. Anyway, uh, long story short is uh, Apple, I, the question, my, my point is that you were starting with this like UI, you know, UI details, those details, those details still matter, but then the, the, like the broader narrative also matters. And I, I think companies lose their way sometimes on the broader narrative. They're like, Chevrolet comes out with a, 
Chevrolet, you know, Bolt or whatever, but they don't pay attention. They don't do the why behind that. Like they don't build the story, the mythology, the cool factor around it. And therefore people don't believe but, in but the do product. You think, do you think it would be good maybe next episode if you do a test drive with both, with the Tesla and with the Bolt? Mm-hmm. And then get back to me. But my only, uh, <laughs> my my only, what I expect. I don't know. I don't know cars that well. But like, I think Android phones are really exciting in the beginning, and then you use them, and they start to act weird after six months. Mm-hmm. Same with Windows computers, or is that not true? Uh, I mean, I have a Windows computer, and I will say. I have to restart it once every day <laughs> or every couple of days because it suddenly just gets slow. And I and I can't for the life of me figure out <laughs> why it's slowing down. <laughs> like, and, and you've tried a few Android phones as well? Yeah, yeah. I had an Android phone. Just piece of its, pieces of it started to fall off the phone. That's, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> so there was like a quality issue there. Um, and you mean the hardware or the software? The hardware. And then it would like, yeah, it'd lock, it would lock up. I mean, my Apple phones, though, get slower over time. And, and then there was that well-documented case where they were, like, actually intentionally slowing it down to help save uh, the or extend the life of the phone. But, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. But it, like, I don't even know what we're talking about today. Our listeners must be no, incredibly frustrated. Okay. But we're talking about lots of, what, like, little UX details? Do you want, Is this UX? Is this episode user experience or product <laughs> design? What is this? It's, it's pet peeves. <laughs> pet peeves. <laughs> well, you, had, you said you had a bunch of pet peeves. Oh, what are your just, others? Yeah, a bunch is two. It's just those two. You did mention like rumors. So one of the things that I think is interesting to talk well, about. Well, the is rumors like... specifically about them. Oh yeah, here's the thing. So I listened to a lot of uh, rumors about entertainment and uh, the platform wars, and Amazon has entertainment. Mm-hmm. There's Amazon Prime Video. There's Netflix. It, these things are all so huge. So for example. Uh, Facebook and Google own the online advertising space. And mm-hmm. as a gift from the gods, Netflix arrived and makes people expect to watch. It, it kind of cancels out TV ads. People don't want to watch TV ads anymore. So all the advertising budget goes to Google and Facebook. So you see well, yeah. what a big deal streaming video is. Mm-hmm. Um, but then what's interesting to me is that Apple is supposedly through the rumors is uh, getting all these great content makers and it's mm-hmm. probably very expensive and I think it's the only platform that is hardware specific. It's the only streaming service where uh, you can only watch the content on Apple devices. And, and I was listening to all these podcasts where they're speculating about like, what will they make a Game of Thrones type of thing? But what I mean is HBO or Amazon or Netflix, you can watch on a Samsung TV. Yeah, this isn't a new idea though, because the, the, it's the video game console companies that invented this idea of exclusive. I know, but in TV yeah. streaming, it's, it's new. Right. Yeah. So it, I mean, Sony, what I mean is uh, yeah. the same with with uh, with the music. There's not a single song that you can only hear on an iPhone. But th- with TV shows, I don't know if they'll make apps for a Samsung TV or for a Roku. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're right, because even Apple, when they first came out with iTunes and being able to buy music, they made certain that there was a PC version. Yeah. Yeah. Start. But imagine if there's a new sort of Game of Thrones uh, level of popularity TV show. Mm-hmm. And you can, and then it's that whole thing where you're a kid in school, and all the the rich kids are on the iPhone, and you can't chat with them, and you can't see the cool TV shows anymore. I think that's a new level of exclusivity. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, and I guess this week we saw Instagram release their Instagram TV. Have you tried that out yet? No, I'm worried this will. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm really not concerned about privacy whatsoever. I I don't care much, but the attention sucking I care about. So I I don't have the app on my phone. Wait, you don't have Instagram? No, I posted through the browser on my phone. What? <laughs> I didn't even know I, you I could also, do that. I unfollowed everybody, so I don't. There's nothing in my feed, so, and then I post, and then I'll check like how many likes it gets once a day or something. Um, You're like a monk. Just, well, I, <laughs> like I just hate the attention sucking. I'll be I'll be on YouTube for an hour and be like, damn it, well, fuck, mm-hmm. they got me again. Mm-hmm. No, you're like, well, I just, I mean, I just did this big event in Chicago. And so I felt like I had to post a lot because a lot of people couldn't be there that want, you know, and also there was a lot of effort that went in. So I'm, but I, here's a question. If you, if it doesn't appear on social media, did it happen? Like there must be tons of stuff. <laughs> I'm just kidding. In a way I'm kidding, but like, no, a ton, but like, in, in, a, in a way, in a way, if you're really cool, other people post it for you. In a, oh. You know, if, if your installation is impressive, you don't have to post it. I see that, and I've also made that claim in the past on this show. I've been like, I don't document my own work, uh, but I felt a little bit stupid not like, uh, I, like I I got up on stage on the weekend and I was like, <clears throat> I asked the like producer like, oh, at the, like at the museum, like, will you have someone to take photos and stuff? Oh no, we make decisions about what or what not we record. <laughs> we decided we didn't have, you know, we weren't going to record this or take pictures. We're against like, fun. And I'm like, oh, okay. So that means like, um, you should have let, uh, I should have asked you, sure. But now I'm going to like have to get a bunch of crappy iPhone shots cobbled together to like, I actually have to satisfy like my grant requirements. Right. Um, hmm. So well, you that, can, you can you can make a you can you can make a CG uh, documentation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that it you know it was great. It was a sold out show. But did you try Instagram TV? Yeah, it's like weird though because it's like mingle. It like integrates your friends and like celebrities into this like um, into this. It's like, kind of like flipping TV. channels, right? Yeah, it's like yeah, and yeah, they're a little bit like longer. On a TV. You don't really have to do anything. It's a little like stories actually, but it's like more relaxed than stories i think what's interesting though is the vertical orientation like so oprah's on it and it's like oprah's interviewing someone and it's in portrait and they don't make so they don't make you turn it into in landscape the same thing Mm -hmm. is true there's a company that whose name escapes me that launched a couple weeks ago and they they want to be the new mobile tv company so they're reformatting all the world's television to fit on vertical screens that is very interesting it's interesting because I think for the longest time, there were all these articles and influencers saying, if you take a photo, please turn it to landscape mode. Yeah, it's uh, disgusting. Real photography know. is in landscape mode. The way we see the world is we have two eyes and they're <laughs> scanning the horizon and all this theory. And then at some point it's like, okay, I guess this is what it is. I'll tell you when that ended. That ended when it became standard to have closed captions on all videos. Like to have a video without like the text of what's the audio is, isn't would oh, now yeah. be considered the most offensive thing you could do on the internet. <laughs> you mean the Facebook videos that if they're in your feed and you don't have your yeah. audio turned on, it still grabs your attention. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. if you're like a commercial producer of video, right? Like you would ne- Bill O'Reilly also did that. I, I always wondered, you know, Bill O'Reilly, the, the, the mm-hmm. right wing dude. Yeah. He had this TV show where he tells you uh, what's going on. And right next to him, it's almost like karaoke. You, they, they, print exactly what he's saying 
And I wondered why do they do that, and then I realized it's mostly old people watching. Have they the don't sound hear off. very well. Yeah, they don't hear well, or they have the sound off, and it's in the background, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for airports and stuff. Yeah. If you're going to be on all the time, and we're going to be consuming media like twenty four seven, then you need to have. So we have captions. to make a karaoke version of our podcast. <laughs> but I don't know. I you know I don't know where we are. I mean, this is really a grab bag episode here. I, I don't have a good point to make about that. I, love I suppose. It. <laughs> well, I suppose there's just like a lot of little things um, that are happening all around us. And I, well, we're talking about the little things versus the big things. So like- yeah, but for me, the biggest thing uh, um, with the platform was, and, and I just didn't hear anything, to, uh, any other, I listened to maybe seven podcasts that, about technology and tech and the, this kind of stuff. And I didn't hear anyone saying like, oh, isn't it weird that the next Game of Thrones you can only watch on an Apple device? Mm-hmm. Uh, so so that to me and when you say the console wars i think a lot of console games still uh exist on different uh, consoles right like yeah yeah but nintendo i, I think Super is probably Mario, most famous yeah. for making this work because yeah, yeah, nintendo yeah, like famously exclusive. they were and they famously wouldn't even put their you know they wouldn't put stuff on mobile now they do have a couple games on the app store now but they're like pretty pathetic by comparison to what they invest in their switch titles yeah. Um, and they're, you know, they they built a whole console so that they wouldn't have to put stuff on other people's devices. <laughs> the Switch yeah, is like, yeah, yeah. yeah it's a, it's a, it can well, work even with, in your the, TV with the original, or... the original Nintendo. They're like, no, we don't want people to copy floppy disks. We're gonna make these really big eight track style uh, cartridges, and then there's yeah. no way you can copy them. Well, because Apple always says we make money on the device, but Nintendo would be like, yeah, the device, but the software, that's really where we make money because it's like infinitely scalable. Um, and yeah. like, there's no distribution cost. Mind you, they, they insist obviously on distributing physical media. They have, I mean, they have a store now, I suppose. For the longest time, they had like cartridges. Yeah. <laughs> and then th- there's always the interesting thing where... Um, in principle, I probably we both agree we we like open and we like open platforms and we like anyone can join in on the fun and any developer can make a game. But then when you think about the Nintendo games, they were really uh, very iconic and special and uh, uh, it was mm-hmm. a very closed system, but it generated a lot of interesting games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like they've always had the ability to be experimental, and I think actually Nintendo. If we we're going to come back on that Tesla versus Chevy Bolt thing, or Apple versus Dell, Nintendo represents the same type of company that is like beating their own drum. That they're kind of doing things their own way. Yeah, no um, focus groups. And therefore, like they have this cult following that just wants to see what are they going to do next. You know, like, and even if even though that every once in a while they do something that's next, like their last console, um, and it's a total disaster. The that even the disasters help inform the excitement over their next. <laughs> yeah, know, that, idea. that makes it even more interesting, like because the it's like watching a sports team. If they win all the time, I guess it gets boring. But I've been thinking about this a lot recently, and I, I don't know, maybe this is where this podcast is going, but like about how technology used to seem exciting. And remember I was saying earlier, like what the web is over, it's all figured out. I mean, there's new exciting stuff coming like WebAssembly or progressive web apps. Um, but like, it doesn't, it just doesn't seem like this brave new world. I think probably because as an individual, I don't think I can make little contributions anymore. It seems like it's all these no. like big things that are happening. Now. Yeah. But even, even the web, I think has gotten so complicated that there's so many things you have to anticipate that. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of frameworks and, and libraries that you don't really look into and you just use parts of it. 
But here's like a hypothesis, like, you know, so I, I've been working for eight months on this artist's accelerator and, you know, you'd assume that the projects they'd come up with would be technology based. Um, but like none of them were, I mean, there was one out of four that was technology based, right? Like the, one of my questions is like whether the exciting innovations of the future will be technological or maybe they'll actually oh, be, yeah. maybe they'll be social finally, or maybe they'll be like material. Maybe we're I like, I know what you mean. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like uh, in, in the, from the fifties to the sixties, there was a, a sexual revolution and that was the difference. And then there's mm-hmm. a digital revolution and who knows maybe the next is, uh, uh, yeah. The revolution of uh, ignorance, or who knows what it is. Yeah, like maybe whether it's one-minute increments or 15-minute increments isn't where we decide to spend <laughs> our design effort. Maybe we figure out some of these other problems. I was just remarking because I was in Chicago and Elon Musk, again, like to bring it back to Tesla, just like signed this deal to allow the boring company to drill uh, like a tunnel from O'Hare to downtown Chicago. From the and airport. But they already have a subway, you know, like <laughs> to the airport. <laughs> and so it's going to say it's going to be like 25 or oh, 10 times the price, but it'll be like uh, four times as fast. Um, and it seems like to me, it just seemed absurd. Like this is a solved problem. Like move on. Like what's <laughs> like there, there are more well, important I, things I to solve. The, the U.S. has this issue that they were the first with subways. Mm-hmm. And now all the other countries like uh, in the Middle East and in Asia, they're building all these new cities and they can have really amazing uh, uh, transit. Or like leapfrogging. And then, uh, yeah. yeah, and then you go to New York and you're like, oh, this looks like from the 1930s. Well, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guess what? It was really innovative in 1930. Yeah. So you're saying like there's a bunch of stuff that was innovative that needs to be like upgraded. There's like a bunch of upgrades in the physical there's world. There's a there. I think a motherboard that Vice website about technology that made a little mm-hmm. movie about the New York subway system that they actually still have a switchboard like those old oh, yeah, phone switchboards and, and copper wires and yeah. uh, they they have to find vintage copper wires on eBay to keep everything running and uh, mm-hmm. yeah. you know because there's you know the, this. Um, being at this exhibition in Chicago, which was called I Was Raised on the Internet, was really interesting because I was talking to someone that, and they're like, you know, the only fault I can have for the show or one of them is that like none of these people were raised on the Internet. Like because we're all like I think the average age is probably like 38 or, you know, almost 40 in the show, probably. Um, and so no one was actually raised on the Internet. And if you look around at the works, it's really like um you know, it's people you and I know, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I think I think for the people who are actually raised on the internet, it won't be a topic of their work. They just grew up with it, and uh, like the same way you grew up with the TV, basically, and you don't make work about the TV. Right, right, yeah. And I, but you know, what I was thinking is like, um, you know, ultimately, whatever the next, you know, you mentioned like the sexual revolution, the next ideological revolution. It won't like all of what we were. I was like, yeah, you know what? This work is all just going to disappear. Like my work, all of this is garbage. (laughs) This is my this is my personal reflection, Raphael. Like, yeah, you you can disagree. I can hear that you don't work in sales. (laughs) But what would you know? Probably it's probably going to be known as like a like a like a little like a almost like a little bridge between two times. I, and, and we're on the verge of a new time. This is like kind of maybe this is my like prophet like self coming through, but yeah. that that I, I time will be generated. Sometimes. Yeah, I feel you the do? same sometimes. And then I see an exhibition with a lot of 
art from the 90s and 80s about TV, and I find it very fascinating. I was like, wow, TV was really deciding people's vision and, and how they mm -hmm. see reality. And uh, and even, you know, you like Nam Jung Paik. It's like, yeah. wow, it, it is interesting to, to reflect on the moment. And, and then 30 years later, uh, it's very interesting to see how someone was intently observing the time they were living in. No, you're right, you're right. I mean, I'm just, I'm even thinking like, what last week extension that like one of the first celebrity soundcloud rappers died and you know like the the aesthetic differences between kids doing stuff today and he's 20 years old right like um and what i was doing when i was 20 years old i'm just starting to feel like you know i'm not the revolutionary anymore right like and potentially there's a new there's a new group of people that are there's a revolution be, that, that hasn't been led yet that's about to be led i, I don't know and yeah. it's like not going to be elon musk leading it there's going to be i also think that, yeah no, sorry. i don't know no because when everything you know what they say uh, the the point i'm trying to make is a long point i'm sorry it's taking me for so long but like the in disruption or like in, in even tech speak you have these big whales, right? Like these, this, like when when companies consolidate to the size that we're talking about with Apple and Comcast, AT and T, Time Warner, they get to the scale where they're kind of like un, they can't move quickly anymore. They're kind of lumbering around. They don't care about the one minute details on your timer anymore. They can't, you know, they so they start to lose that that focus. It's when smaller competitors can kind of come along. And do something that you just didn't and, expect and then, to see. And then they buy them. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're, that, that's the depressing <laughs> sideline. No, what what happens is it's they're not competitors. They're they're you know the rule of competition is like this like blue ocean idea. It's like you're, you you they wouldn't even recognize you as a competitor because you're doing something totally new, totally different, um, and you surprise everyone that oh the world's actually shifted and changed in a way. Like I guess what I'm saying is I wouldn't even know. I wouldn't know to recognize what's changed. Probably there are a bunch of our listeners that that would. Like, for example, we were just talking about car ownership. And a bunch of people say that that's like not going to be relevant. Um, no one's going to own a car in five years or 10 years, right? Um, and mm -hmm. so, I mean, car companies kind of see that trend and they're trying to predict it. Um, but if you had said that 10 years ago, people would thought you were that was absurd, right? Like, oh, everyone's just going to like... Yeah, take Uber and now you're like, yeah, I can see that happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, the companies that position position themselves to sort of like, you know, speculate on the future that we don't know will exist yet are the ones that I'm interested in finding, and I'm wondering what they're designing, what experiences. Yeah, uh, but what what are with. some of the things that are on your wish list for people to invent? Well, I mean, I think like healthcare in the United States would be good. Um, and in Canada, but something actually, that you would be excited about yourself that you could use. Well, you know, the two largest growing industries are healthcare and education. I'll just get that out of the way, just so that people know that the largest macro trends in terms of uh, economy and jobs are education and healthcare by far. I think I can't remember the order of magnitude of investment, but it's greater in those two sectors than any other in the last decade. Mm -hmm. um, so. You know, teachers out there, like you're probably not being paid well enough. Doctors, you're probably not either. There's, but there's some, there's like tons of disruption in that space right now. The things that I would like to see designed. Um, Is there anything like a, just a simple uh, something that? would make your life easier is there is this is there some pain point i guess travel is a pain point no, but you've made you. this point and it's an excellent point in the past which is like you reach a minimum maximum of ease that is no longer you know, like I, I was remarking on this yesterday as so i was like should i play a vr game or 
like a regular PC game or a mobile game on my iPad. I was like, which device should I choose to have like a high quality it, gaming experience? It sounds experience like on? <laughs> if you would t- if you would time travel and you'd be like uh, at Louis the Fourteenth, and you'd be like, for him that would sound like the most amazing day in his life. He could be like, should I play on a piece of glass or on this helmet? <laughs> <laughs> As I was thinking this to myself, I thought, what an absurd I'm like, saying you time. sound like a French king. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, but like I'm just saying that that's not that far from the reality of... I mean, a lot of people, of course, can't afford to have that many things. Um, different devices that can play games in different ways. Even to have the leisure time to play the game. I stopped myself. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do nothing. So I stared at the wall. I swear to God. <laughs> you had to punish yourself. For like, for like 20 minutes, I was just like, this is abs-. I was really depressed. Was, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the guilt. Yeah. Well, it's not even guilt. It was just like, I, it's not even fun. Like, uh, this doesn't make any sense. But that's right? the like, feeling I have with YouTube and you, you get... You go down this vortex, and then an hour later, you're like, man, that was really nothing. But that's what we've talked about on the podcast before, which is like yeah. this, the excess of capitalism has led sort of to a certain, um, I don't know, like there's there's a certain like hopelessness to it. <laughs> like like <laughs> you don't need you don't need any you don't you don't need another way to remote control. You no. Know, like but your car, like need. Tesla has like summon mode. So no. your car's going to drive up to you. Like you can't walk 10 feet. It's it, like, there's, it's this, I, reach, I this think, such a I think the, the, this extreme convenience, ideologically, they're like, well, then you can be more creative. But mm-hmm. then the, the problem is the world's greatest minds, without exaggeration, like, I don't like using the word literally, but literally, literally, the world's <laughs> greatest minds, the most powerful brains in the world are thinking of ways to get your attention all day, every day. It's really that's, these what, people, that's what we've been talking about, right? Yeah, and maybe this is the... And it, that is uh, a scary thing to me. The, the privacy thing, I mean, who cares that they know which train I took? It's fine. Because they could be wake, working on a really great bechamel sauce or something like that. <laughs> like they, could be, <laughs> they could be like tenderizing the world's best steak. No, like, no, but, but, but the idea that... <laughs> the idea that w- with automating everything that you would have more time to be creative, but at the mm-hmm. same time, they're like, oh, in your self-driving car, we're going to feed you the new Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's like a there's like a kind of a private story that I want to tell, but I want, I want to attribute it to any specific um, company or... Asking anyway. for a friend. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I was talking to a, a friend recently who resigned from their job and it was like at a great company... Uh, that had been very kind to them and helped them out and accelerated their career. And, you know, the reason that they're leaving was because they felt like they, there were two factors. One, they didn't have enough autonomy. And two, the other company seemed like it was growing faster and it was more exciting. Um, but I was like, but you're well taken care of. You have all of the opportunities. You're advancing faster. Yeah, but that other... And then they're like, yeah, but this other place, I mean, like, it, it's just such fast growth. <laughs> just, uh, and I was like, but growth, like, what is this growth thing? Why are we so obsessed with it? This comes back to everything we've been talking about this podcast. Like, why, why is that something that enchants you? What's enchanting about it? It, it just because caused it, me to pause. I think, I think the growth thing in software is a, is an existential issue. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it, it's a platform war and it's, it's all or nothing. You, you can't be a third of Facebook. You're, you're either Facebook or you're nothing. Mm-hmm. Like think of Tumblr. Like maybe Tumblr was the less aggressive social network. 
mm-hmm. it wasn't about uh, user uh, claps and and hearts and likes, and it, it was more chill and more anonymous. And then, you know, it's it's very very niche. So. Uh, I guess it can survive in, as a niche company, but it seems like in software, you're either a monopoly or you're zero. Yeah, but this is what I'm saying. Even the employees that work for these companies, like I wonder if Snapchat's having a hard time recruiting right now, for example. Yeah, that's right? what like, I mean. So, so like ideologically, like yeah, and I don't think Snapchat is such an ideological company. But would you want to work for a Wikipedia, the the other Wikipedia, or would you want to work for Wikipedia? It's, I mean, that's a volunteer organization, but yeah. Yeah, like, but, I, I, but no. Yeah. Oh, I see no, what but even, even Wikipedia has people on a board who decide the, the direction of the entity. Okay, and well, like, then this emphasizes would you, my point. Would you want to work point. for the Encyclopedia Britannica right now? Yeah, but then this all comes down to like, would you buy a Chevy Bolt or would you buy a yeah. Tesla Model S? Yeah, but like, these issues are or, real sorry, issues. It's the same with all the Internet of, things, uh, Internet of Things devices. And if the company stops existing and they're not supporting it anymore and it stops working. But it's like we yeah. all want to choose this like, winning yeah. team because we want to be on yeah, the cool yeah, yeah. team. And it's yeah, like exactly. it has nothing but to you, do if, with actually improving. But anything. no, but if, if you want to buy... Um, a security camera or like a you know one of those doorbells that you can see from your phone who's at your door mm-hmm. and yeah. it's a small kickstarter company and then they can't pay the server bills anymore and then uh, the, the I'm product is saying that if we anymore. were truly ideologically driven if we truly cared we always invest in the little guy we'd always put more effort into diversity right like we you know, mm-hmm. These monopolies only exist because we continue to privilege the monopoly right it's Yeah like, and and what what's interesting is that ideologically the the diversity and the small guys sounds good, but then there's a company like Nintendo which just had iconic game after iconic game, mm-hmm. and I think they're better games than all the indie games. But I'm not an expert in that field. No, but you're right. Like we look at them as the indie game developer because they're going up against like a Sony and a Microsoft, which are even bigger. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's like I heard recently that like you know because Disney is also considering they're going to buy. Disney, like, um, is it? They're going to uh, buy Fox. Comcast is going to buy Disney or something. No, no. Like Comcast wants to buy Fox, and Disney and Comcast are bidding for Fox. Oh, okay. The, fi- the film like studio. Even, and I feel, and, but and I feel and like then they someone's going to buy Disney. I think that's like, the deal. Oh, okay. I thought Disney. Was no, get I think Disney. Disney owns Marvel and Pixar, and I, I don't think they're for purchase. But I was even just thinking, like, wow, like someone could buy Disney. Like and like, or or someone mentioned like <laughs> buying Netflix and oh, Netflix is too big, but it's really not that big compared to Apple that has like you know trillion dollars or whatever. Yeah, um, I don't know. Anyway, scale is this like relative? Scale is funny because I'll be sitting at home and thinking like, okay, uh, I finished this and this task. What what could I do? And, and let's look at my. I'll print more of my haiku books. I think I can make a little more money. And then like, but if I could make, make a good thousand point. bucks. What if, yeah. if I could make a good point though, is like your favorite, one of your favorite devices that you've shared with me previously is like your teenage engineering synthesizer, right? It broke. Oh no, you ruined my good point. <laughs> 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 I was going to say like at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what all those big, you know, those, those big companies are doing <laughs> that they're throwing around this like, you know, gorilla sized weight that at there's, the end of the day, there's like no a company can come along. teenage engineering store where I can go to the genius bar. Yeah, I thought a company can come along and make just like a great device with a quirky personality. <laughs> it just it just won't turn good. on anymore, and I and there's no <laughs> there's no cool genius bar where I can go. And to. it's so expensive. Oh no! Yeah. you yeah. pay a premium for that kind of thing. 
Yeah, I think it was seven hundred bucks. That stupid little thing. But, yeah. <laughs> I got. I remember the first time I visited your apartment. That was the first thing you wanted to show me. It was like, look at this device. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It, it was the only f- uh, physical synth keyboard thing I know with a recording function. So you can just sit down and press record and play for fifteen minutes, and then. Uh, uh, play it again and find out. Oh, that sounds good. That sounds good. But more than that, it was cool, right? Like, and you know, it felt cool to use it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The buttons were had a great feel. Mm-hmm. I this think is... I can just take it to a phone repair shop and and put in a new battery and maybe it'll work. But if it's I mean, the motherboard, yeah. this is something I'm thinking a lot about. Though, like, this is my good point for this episode. It's really like the, these big companies. You might think they're cool. They're they're you know some of them maybe are cool, but What's really cool is when a small company comes along and they're cool than everyone else. And they're so cool. And but they're cool in a way that everyone understands. And then I do think we all get excited. Like it's almost like I know Uniqlo isn't small, but like, you know, you're in the United States it was small a few years ago. And so everyone's like, oh yeah, it's like a small band. And it's like, I just discovered Uniqlo. It's awesome. You know, <laughs> and it's cheap, right? Um, and then and then we they all become big and we're like, oh you know it's still kind of cool i still like you give it there's this long runway of credit right um yeah but then that starts to wear out i i'm just like i don't i want i feel like right now i'm looking for maybe there's a call to our listeners like what are the cool like innovative companies whether in technology or not like what is what's cool because i actually don't know i don't know what's cool and new right now and i feel like yeah to me if if uh tesla figures out how to make Solar energy uh, affordable for everyone. That's a pretty cool. No, goal. I don't want to hear this. Any, I don't want. I don't want that narrative. I don't want us to be talking about that narrative on this. Okay. Ep- well, maybe we can okay. talk about it on this podcast another episode. But like, what I'd love to do an episode on is like, what are all the small new innovations that are mind blowing? <laughs> like, but I think you know, the real like, things that have to be done are really big issues. Like you mentioned, healthcare. It's not going to be some small startup. Well, like this week I launched four artist run startups. One of them was like this, like really cool, um, dildo harness. And like, people were so excited. It's like, Oh my God. Yes. yes. <laughs> we must have it. Like they, they definitely had more response than anything else. And the other, and actually one of the other things that got a huge response was, um, this like <clears throat> line of apparel that like helps get criminals out of crime and like you know restores the south side community of chicago like they're all like social good things yeah, were, yeah. and but I, and I, what I we were trying to sell them as a cool thing like making them cool i thought was really important um and so did the designers yeah. like i want to hear about all the cool com- i kind of want to get all these cool companies together and i want to start talking about them on the podcast i want to i don't know you should start a tv show and you have a microphone and you're like not cool cool, <laughs> cool not cool, cool companies <laughs> cool <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I just want to. I want a cool company. Like, and podcast. you, you have a silver suit, and you spray ice, uh, <laughs> ice, icy air on people. You're cool. I don't know. I just don't trust. I don't trust the mainstream media to tell us what's happening right now. I think that they're just informing, like I said, this narrative. That's like that's why we have this podcast. That's why we have this podcast. But that's why I mean, I'm on a mission that I did not research for today <laughs> to surface. Yeah, to surface all the cool little things like. I don't know. Who knows? What, yeah, what but it, it, to me, like instinctively, if you would ask me, what would be better? Tons of uh, uh, different companies specializing in different aspects and working together mm-hmm. or one company controlling everything? My instinct would be it should be an ecosystem of all kinds of small things. But then as things, as an Apple user, I really, uh, 
end of the day, I use all the default apps and they work well together. And uh, yeah, like uh, a company called it's a bit Oppo, depressing, but uh, last what? week, Oppo, this company called Oppo, or two weeks ago, Oppo came out with a, a new phone and it's like, um, and that's a pretty big company in China, right? And the camera, like, it has, like, no camera notch or whatever. Oh, the one where the, the, the camera slides out? Yeah, so, like, they, it's this incredible innovation where, like, the, the camera actually, like, mechanically moves up. And it, I know you shouldn't put a moving part on a phone, but it's incredible that they did this, right? That the selfie cam comes up and goes down, like, takes your photo just to, lo- you know, so you can, like, get into the phone. Like, it does it, yeah, like, yeah, seamlessly. Yeah. Well, that's exactly, that's a perfect example of, like, a smaller phone maker that specializes, like, well, it's a, it's a, existential issue we have to make the coolest phone so we'll make some feature that's amazing so some phones have high quality audio way better than the iphone or some will have a 25 megapixel camera or some will have three lenses and then but they don't have the ecosystem mm-hmm. it all comes down yeah well they're huge in china i'm pretty certain like it does come down though to this creating an air of excitement around a company i, I still think like Tesla is a small company. Yeah, but also it's a, it's Motors. about longevity. Like if you promise a certain like the essential phone, they're like, "Oh, we're going to build a whole AI ecosystem." Oh, and by the and way, that like, phone's dead. The, exactly. That phone's gone. They're like, "Oh, they're like, by the way, never mind." <laughs> On this so, podcast, I was like, "Yes, this you're, is you're, the future." <laughs> when you choose a platform and it's both for work and private and for the safety of your home and for organizing mm-hmm. your life, uh, you want to stick with a company that you know that they'll be around for a while. Right. Platform economics require like a certain network effect, right? Like a density of people using the product for it to be. Yeah. Used. I don't know. Like that doesn't make any sense, but it's true. Well, I for suppose. me, like, for example, Amazon, uh, it's not as sticky. Like if a better, let's say that it, there's a competitor for Amazon that uh, pays their workers better, it would be easy to switch. It's not like, oh, they have my purchase history and I need my. Well, product. I am. I did switch to Lyft. I'm using Lyft like 80% of the time. Yeah. Now. Well, there you go. Yeah, so right. some things are easier to switch, and especially mm-hmm. if an if an app is just a single app, then it's easy to switch. Yeah, okay. You're making me feel a little bit better about this. All right, well, <laughs> uh, I don't have any, any other points to make on the show, but I wanted to let you know I'm going to be in New York. <laughs> I thought Ooh. I'd surprise you on the air. Yeah, um, In late August. Oh, I'm in the Netherlands in late August. No, no, yeah. really? Really? No. August twenty to, to July first. I'm going to do a retreat with uh, New Inc. Um, oh, to help yeah, yeah. some young entrepreneurs and stuff. Anyway, I thought, oh, we could record. We could record in New York. Okay, listeners, you heard it here first. We're not recording in New York. <laughs> <laughs> I like that uh, since we started the podcast, we used to see each other every month, and now I've seen you. It, it just for our listeners a refresh. Jeremy used to teach in New York and was there every week and I would see him and he even married me and Christina. He was the, the officiant. I was just hanging so out. We saw him. <laughs> we, we saw each other all the time. And as soon as we started the podcast, there were no physical meetings. We, we met once at Kickstarter. We recorded an episode together and we spoke to each other for maybe seven minutes. <laughs> so <laughs> so without this podcast probably we wouldn't be talking to each other anymore. we wouldn't no. be friends <laughs> that's maybe an, an, an interesting um, topic for another episode is that staying in touch it's a very interesting concept that if you live in a city it's very easy to just meet people for a coffee or for lunch and for some reason it's very difficult if you move to stay in touch over Skype it's like let's yeah. have tea on Skype and you just yeah. don't do that well should we uh, do a field recording here 
Uh, yeah, I, it's a, it. there's a good segue uh, into keeping in touch because uh, another a podcast uh, listener who has previously sent a field recording sent another one, which I love uh, when people send in subsequent field recordings. Um, so Paloma writes, I was recently passing through the Philadelphia train station while traveling from New York to Durham, North Carolina. My phone died, and since Apple Inc. took away the headphone jack Ooh. in my phone, I could not listen to music while it charged. So I ended up listening to the ambient sounds. The main room in the train station Every is enormous. Every negative has a positive. Yeah. The main room in the train station is enormous, and the natural reverb is insane. I really enjoy your podcast. I actually sent you another recording that was used in an episode last year. It was of a freight train yard from my roof in New Orleans, where I no longer live. Lots of detail here. So I guess this is my second train-related sound recording. Best Paloma Cop. Well, thank, thank you, you, Paloma. Uh, Paloma. Always great to hear us from you a second time. Anyone that sent one in before? I like the name before? Paloma. Yeah, I know. It's, it sounds, sounds joyful. Sounds like a place. Place I want to go. Yeah. To Paloma, yeah. I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> so clearly, I, okay. I'm not a country singer. Okay, yeah. thanks, Paloma. Keep sending in your field recordings. We have uh, lots of Please, room. Please, if to... anyone knows why the the iMessage sounds, let me know. Oh, I wonder if a field recording just of notifications would, would, would will come in. No, we shouldn't make that. There's no commissions on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Okay. Um, Thank thanks. you, Paloma. Thank you, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye. Love you. Bye. Thank you.